We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. It's time for you to discover a new musical. Now, the UK concept cast recording of the musical for tonight dropped just a couple of weeks ago, and I took a listen, and it sounds great. So if you have a chance, take a listen to it. Today, we are speaking with the creators of the musical, Chanel Saldio and Spencer Williams. Chanel, Spencer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks Excited for having us. Awesome. Yeah. So now before we get into talking about the musical, I always get like to get to know my guests a little bit better. So Spencer, we're going to start with you. I'd like to know who is Spencer in 30 seconds? And then have you always been into musicals? It's a good question. I'll answer the latter first. Yes, I've always been into musicals since about sophomore in high school that's when i really really fell in love with it but that kind of uh, changed my trajectory of my life i am a musical theater educator and choir teacher and i've been doing that for 17 years and with a focus on musical theater so i've been a musical director a choreographer a director a producer um and we've been writing this show chanel and i for the last it's been it's a last decade ish <laughs> so there's there's the nutshell. Perfect. And Chanel, who are you? So I um, I am just a music lover in general. And Spencer, my connection through him. I grew up lis listening to a lot of musicals, but then um, once I, I really dove more into the classical side of music um, and did you know a music undergrad and focused on piano and composition, and then. Um, I ended up becoming a music educator as well. And Spencer and I started collaborating on various things. And uh, he, his passion for musical theater just kind of seeped into my pores. And I, now I can't get it out, unfortunately. And now I have to create. <laughs> Perfect. So how did a Fortnite come into being? You know, who approached who about it? Or did it just magically appear while you guys were talking with each other? Well, we started as an indie rock band and um, a lot of the response to uh, our music and just to our performance was like, it's a little musical theater or that sounds a little Broadway. So theatrical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were like, duly noted and maybe we should like uh, pivot. <laughs> so we released a little EP under our band name and then we realized that you know, maybe writing in musical theater because that's kind of where our, our world, we kind of live in this like dual world um, as you can hear in the in the music. And so, you know, this, this idea of um, writing a show uh, about my great, great grandfather came, you know, across and we, we toyed with that idea for a while and then we went for it. Nice. Now you can't leave us hanging. What's the name of the indie band? Oh no, I don't want, I want to. <laughs> There's a reason why we now hire performers ah, okay. to sing our music. <laughs> All right, good to know. Let's but... just say the substance of the music was strong and we really prefer to have the amazing, amazing singers on our album that we have today. 
<laughs> All right. So listeners, it's going to be a mystery. You might have to do some deep diving if you really want to find out more. But you know what? At least the band brought you together and we've got this musical uh, for tonight. So if you could give us the, the basic plot of the musical, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so um, it, it comes fr from just a few excerpts in Spencer's third great-grandfather's journal, um, which uh, where this young man's um, parents died of a, we will keep what, of what disease, a mystery to find out through the show. Through, maybe you'll figure it out through the album. Um, and his need to explore, to leave his family life, his siblings were left to fend for themselves. And um, the character Hayden decides to run off to Liverpool in kind of exploration of, of a different life. And he falls in love with a woman there that his family is really not accepting of. And beyond just this forbidden love, it's really about the story between um, the Romani and the Welsh culture in um, Wales and kind of the, the clash and the overlap. But also it's, it's also about the traditions and love of music that, is, that runs deeply in both cultures. Nice. Spencer, now, since it is based on, uh, you know, your family lineage, how is that to see, you know, your family history now on paper and going towards the stage? Yeah, it's been a really exciting and really interesting journey to dive deep into your family history. You know, when you see your, you know, the chart and everything, it's just names. And so doing this has allowed us to really like bring these people to life. So I've had the opportunity to visit North Wells where he's from. I went to the church that his, I think second great grandfather built. So that's like my fifth or sixth great grandfather. And like standing in those spaces where they lived and you know, these towns really live and feel similarly. Um, it's really kind of powerful, but yeah, it's it's really just inspired by it all. Uh, we his journal is like an inch thick, um, and it's it's uh, it was handwritten, but now someone has like t um, you know put it into the computer, and we just really use those first five paragraphs to kind of develop this whole story and world, and it just we were so interested with this idea that you know how do you how do you like suddenly give up your whole life and world and immigrate to America in the mid 1800s? Like, what was that like? And then not knowing what was on the other side and all of this promise and hope. Anyway, we really love this idea of that. And so that's a lot of what we're exploring is like, you know, what is home? How do you find it? Is it with the people? Is it with a place? You know, and everyone kind of goes through that journey in life. And, you know, Chanel and I have experienced a lot of that questioning and and trying to understand with our siblings. I have four brothers and Chanel has six siblings. So it's it's definitely big families here. And you know, and that's part of what we're exploring in the show is these like siblings of like you okay. grow up in this si Let's go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just saying it's about the dynamics of families and, and finding your place as, as an individual, but also coming back to the group as well. Yeah, we all grow up in the same spot, but we all have such a different experience. Like that's been like so interesting on my end, like with my four brothers, like we all we all had a very different experience, even though we were, you know, growing up in the same household. Nice. 
Now that you have you had the uh, the plot around it, the device that that you want to work from. Now, obviously, as a band, you were, you had a writing um, concept and how you wrote songs and everything like that. Was the process different once you started to have to put it into a stage form and a musical form? Did you find it was easy, or did you have to discover some stuff? I think that um, as a writing team, defining our roles has been a very interesting process. A lot of musical theater writing teams, and this we've learned you know, through meeting other teams, we weren't totally aware of the process before we started writing this musical, but have, you know, a lot of other teams have very defined roles. You are the lyricist, you only touch the lyrics. And before we make those changes, we have a consult with the book writer and the book writer co consults with the composer. And, and we've just never really def clearly defined those lines. And in some ways, I think that's helped the work to grow very organically and have um, some really powerful elements in it. Um, but it is, the process is a little bit different than just doing straight songwriting. Um, but I think, um, I think that's been one of the most interesting aspects of this project is just taking, you know, some songs where one of us may have an incredibly strong opinion about something to do with a chord progression while the other one really wants a lyric changed in another song. And fortunately we've had a pretty open dynamic that we can just say, no, that sounds like shit. Let's change that. <laughs> and nobody gets, you know, nobody gets upset over that. We so we have that going for us at least. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier not to know the rules <laughs> because yeah. if you don't know them. You don't know you're breaking them and you don't know you're doing it not as traditional, which is sometimes great and sometimes not great, but it seems to have worked for the two of you. Um, but again, didn't hurt that you were already part of a team. You know? Yes, <laughs> it was nice that we had that dynamic going on beforehand. So did yeah. you, oh, sorry, go ahead, Spencer. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think in every song and every scene and everything, there's like a different kind of process on like how it played out. Like sometimes it was like Chanel brought something fully finished off. Like sometimes we were sitting in the same room together and she was playing with this and I had this, or sometimes I had an idea and I was like, this is like the song it needs to sound like. Um, you know, Chanel's at that piano, like, working some of those things and I'm doing harmonies, but it's like, it's, it's really has been part of the process as opposed to like living a very strict, like dynamic or something. Now, when you were writing the songs for the show and, and, and the book and everything, uh, it's set in Wales, correct? Yes. So how much Welsh was in, in the, the dialogue and in the songs? And if there is Welsh, how easy is that to write? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have Welsh in, in a few songs. Um, when we first started the show and when it, um, we did a stage reading of it at the New York Musical Theatre Festival back in, oh, I think that was 2014. Um, I don't think there was, there, no, there was one Welsh folk melody in there. Um, which obviously was easy because it was already in existence and, you know, because of open source laws and it was so old, we were able to throw it into the show. Um, but we've ended up writing our own melodies that are inspired by, you know, Welsh folk music, but of course our original melodies and original lyrics. And we've had um, 
just the great fortune of having some Welsh um, actors who've been involved in the show to help us with the translations. I know Spencer's reached out to other professionals, Welsh professionals who've helped tie in that element so that we can make it authentic. And it's been really exciting to kind of do that collaboration, um, you know, because I'm, even though it's been a part of my family history, like not being in Wells and not growing up in Wells, like I'm very Californian. <laughs> um, it, you know, to, to collaborate with them, we've, we've collaborated with a lyricist, like helping us translate that work um, like five, six years back. And then um, working this last year with a Welsh music director, Yestin Griffiths on the album. So it's been really important to like, make sure that things are like authentically, you know, in that world and in that sound. Um, you know, Chanel and I both grew up in a space where like we were singing a lot of hymns, um, which is in the style of, you know, Welsh music is very choral driven and there's a lot of hymns so like a lot of these sounds and world is familiar to us but it was really great to like work with some folks that really helped us authenticate it very cool i believe wales is the california of the uk right I, i'm pretty sure <laughs> so you got that connection i might be wrong but <laughs> so let's let's talk about the the cast recording how did that come about and and how was that process well, we've had the really amazing like opportunity to develop the work over the last eight years. Like we've had some great spaces to do that in Nymph, New York Theater Barn, Goodspeed. And then we had a full production in 2019 at Queensbury Theater. And, you know, one of the things that people always reached out to us after seeing a concert or reading or the show was, I want to listen to the music. <laughs> and we've only been able, I mean, for those listening, like, producing an album is so expensive and like demos and to get anything out there as new writers specifically, you know, everyone's like, well, can I have a demo of your album? And we were like, well, no, because it's so expensive. Like it's such a catch 22. Like we can't get the work produced without the demo, but the demo like, you know, gets us in rooms. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about last, um, you know, about a year ago with our producer Blair Russell was, you know, trying to figure out how to uh, get, you know, even if it was like a more like five, six song sampler with, with like a real orchestra, maybe some British actors on it. And so that idea was like in our heads for a couple of months. And I met Joseph Perdue, an audio like orchestrator producer in London. And, you know, I, I kind of just I sent one of those emails. I do this. I send out an email and I'm like, hey, have this crazy idea. Do you want to collaborate? And he wrote back and um, he was really interested in the show. We sent him some samples. He sent us a sample back. Um, and that was like January 3rd of this year. And the project like literally just took off. Um, I have some friends that are over in the UK. Uh, Simon Gordon and Aaron Caldwell that I had worked with on the Isle of Man and they know folks and like it's one of those like you know the note you know and um, we actually cast the whole show at least most of it on through Instagram so <laughs> take that one in <laughs> and yeah we just went for it and that's kind of how this cast album came and we thought 
when we were doing it though, Chanel and I were really intentional. Like we wanted a full cast of like singing all the songs. We wanted to do the entire show, which took like, we worked, we, we created two new songs this spring. We reorchestrated songs. We changed songs in the process. And, you know, we just were like, no, we're going to put the full concept album of where the show is right now. And we're okay with that. Like, you know, yeah. things always change with musicals and, but we're excited. Like we were proud of the work that we did and, and we wanted to kind of put it out there. So that's kind of how it played out. It was kind of fast and furious. <laughs> well, especially with COVID going on and not, uh, not knowing when theaters will be open again and thinking, you know, we put a lot of time into the show. We, we love it. We want to be able to share it with people and, you know, like Spencer said earlier, the request we get most about the show is that people want to listen to the music again. And so for us, we thought even if this show never goes anywhere, even if the theater industry is decimated from this <laughs> pandemic, we want to have something to show for this. And so this concept album is really just trying to keep the show alive, essentially. Very cool. What was it like to hear that first time when you heard it on, you know, Apple Music or Spotify, listen to musical theater radio, but you heard it on Spotify or Apple Music. What was that moment like for you? Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, it was a big moment, I think for both of us, like for new writers, like the things that we've gone through, uh, getting the show, out there and hearing it fully orchestrated with these amazing singers and this British cast who are so wonderful to work with. I mean, I'm still like overwhelmed with, with gratitude with that this has happened. I think the cool part and the part that I miss the most um, was every day in this process from January to July, we would hear something come through like through recordings or whatnot we have like two over 200 vocal tracks on that album and every time something came through it was like a dream come true because you're like oh that's what that sounds like like little things like even in the orchestra like chanel can talk about like where we've been waiting to hear that there was a harmony in come along in one of the songs that i have never heard in all of the productions and not because I think like it wasn't taught it was just you know with the movement or this or that and I like I lost my mind you know you're like oh my god that's what it sounds like so it's just been so like amazing to have that little that process um throughout the last seven months to kind of hear like this show come alive in a way that's been in our heads mm -hmm. and because we had been working on it for so long I think the moment where it actually went up on, you know, iTunes and Spotify and uh, the various places, um, it was just so expected because we had been working so, so many days, you know, I'd get, get home from work, listen to tracks at night and, you know, give all my notes, send them back, just this continual process. But the moment um, of actually seeing it come, come to life like that, for me, it was like, incredibly exciting but even th what was more exciting was being able to like send a text to a friend or a family member and with the link and say hey this is mine listen <laughs> it was incredible I, I love that moment when you because 
as a writer, you, you, you listen to your stuff over and over and, and after a while you don't hear anything, but then somebody does something that you didn't even think of, or, and that is the most exciting and exhilarating moment when they go, they discovered something that I haven't mm-hmm. heard. And, and from the sounds of it, it, it sounded like you did that, you know, you were listening to it and went, Oh, that moment. Definitely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the actors that we that we were fortunate enough to work with, you know, there were certain moments that we said to them, this is the riff that's written out, but you have to make it work for your voice. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if that means you need to change the timing a little bit, maybe you need to change a couple of the notes there at the end, you got to find the sweet spot of your voice and how it plays with the song. And so a lot of times, you know, there were tracks where they'd send us like five endings of one phrase and say, choose the one you like the most. And, you know, then we, oh, number three is your sweet spot. That's definitely right where, but it would, wouldn't have necessarily even been something that we would have thought to write out because we don't have their voice. And, and so it was really fun to have that creative connection with the actors on the album. Yeah, I'm, I will jump in and say like, this experience of collaboration is actually really different than being in the room, obviously, but it's, they could go and play without this idea that the music director or composer or producer is like listening to them as they play. And so they would like come up with like some really cool stuff and then, and then they would, and they would feel really confident about it. And, you know, there was times where like, I was like, oh God, I just miss being in the room together. Cause this could just happen and we could find it and we could find that sweet spot. But it, it was this kind of a cool way of collaborating. It was different. It was a different experience working with actors this way than, you know, like being in the room and everyone listening or like feeling like, oh my God, you have to get this done within 45 minutes because we have to move to the next song. You know, we've all experienced that 29 hour read where you're like, okay, I think that's good enough. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) So it was really cool. I have to say congratulations on on getting the, the, the concept album out, especially during this pandemic and, and getting it done across the pond and the eight hours <laughs> time difference for you guys like this. It's there's so many hurdles, but you did it and, and it sounds great. So I, I just want to say congratulations on, on getting that done. So my question is, what is the future for the musical? What's in store for it? What do you, where do you see it going from here? Oh, man, I mean, if we could have all of our dreams come true, we'd love to see it on the West End. But, you know, we just, we think that the show um, has the ability to, to play in a lot of different types of venues. Um, we would love to see something that almost has an immersive quality to it. Um, and now that we have all of the orchestrations recorded, we think that even though it's a large orchestra and sound, large ensemble and sound, because we have these recordings, it could just play in a lot of different places because you don't necessarily have to have that huge 30 piece orchestra. Um, so, but of course, you know, I want to see it on the West End someday. <laughs> we, yeah, we think we really want it to have an opportunity to be developed in the UK. And, you know, we've had, like I said, we've had some great opportunities here, but because the story is placed in Wells, because it deals with a lot of, um, cultural things around the Romanis and also Welsh people. And it's something that's happening today. You know, we, when we started this 
writing process eight years ago, some of these like conversations around racism weren't happening. And now that they are, it just feels like the show, you know, deserves to be told right now because there's so much connection to what was happening in the mid 1800s with the pandemic that was happening then. And then also now, like there's just so many connections that we just feel like the story, you know, people can take away so much from and you know, I think it just would be amazing to be, you know, produced out there. So like Chanel said, that could be done in a lot of different ways, like whether that's a concert in the round, immersive, at a castle, that's a dream. Uh, <laughs> or like in the West End, you know, like a big West End show with a full orchestra, like the dream is there. It's, we're really like, I think the one thing that as writers, we've always haven't been like, particularly precious about like where it's done. It's like more about like telling this really, um, the story that's near and dear to our hearts. And, you know, however that's told, it can be done in so many different ways. And we're excited about that. Like yeah. we don't see it in just one way. Yeah. And every director that we've worked with thus far and producer and um, has brought something new and different to the show that has really helped us to further develop the piece. So. I mean, I think we've always tried to stay open and grateful for every opportunity that has come along the way. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, introducing our listeners to your new musical and they're gonna have to check it out and because I enjoyed listening to it and I enjoyed learning about it and and uh, meeting the two of you because, I, and that's why I love new musicals because I get to meet new people and, and their passion. And, and one day I hope to see it, you know, on stage. So let's, Let's see what we can do to get out there. So, yeah. so thank you, Spencer and Chanel, for coming on today. Thank you thanks. so much. Yeah, thanks for having us and supporting new musicals. I think that's like such a big thing that we need to do for the landscape of theater. So thank you for all of your work and supporting and supporting new writers, you know, without you and without other folks, like, you know, we can't get out there. So it's really important. So thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. We have been speaking with Chanel and Spencer, the creators of the musical for tonight. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion that is musical theater. I'm your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.